Hey, what's up, podcast? Jordan Anderson here. What's up? So in this episode, we talk about traveling as a filmmaker. We talk about the pros, talk about the cons, and do a little packing demo for you. But you can just go watch the YouTube video, and that would be exactly the same, right? Well, that's what I'm trying to not do for you guys. You guys listen to the podcast. You guys are special. I need to give you guys some original content. So I'm going to play the episode from the YouTube video, but then after that, stick around, and we're going to go into a little bit more of a deep dive with what I just talked about. So, here's the episode. Enjoy. Let's talk about travel as a filmmaker. It's great. It's awesome. You're going on a New York City trip. I'm very excited. This will now be the fourth time I've gone to New York City. Yeah. Punch the camera. Transition. I've packed up my stuff in a backpack. I'm going on a New York City trip for four days, leaving tomorrow, coming back in four, <laughs> in four days. But I just wanna talk about like the philosophy of traveling and like why traveling is awesome. And like, I don't know why in film school they didn't talk about traveling more. Like this is totally part of the job and that could be a good thing for you or it could be a bad thing for you. Like you may like totally love traveling and like you like getting on planes and trains and driving and road trips and seeing new places and you may you know and you may not like that stuff and you may just like to work at your office every day and go to the same place and i don't know if you're that kind of person but if you're a filmmaker traveling is sort of part of the job why is traveling sort of part of the job well i'll tell you as soon as i reposition the background mm. like you have to travel sometimes like Unless you're in like New York City or LA, your clients are gonna be sort of all over America, all over the world, and you may need to go to their corporate headquarters, you may need to go to a specific event that they're holding. Look at this guy, look at this little boy. This is my little boy. If you have a great crew, you have a great team, and you're traveling, you're just like basically traveling with your friends, and the client's kinda of paying for it, and you're having a great time. Now, of course, I don't, when I say clients paying for it, they, I mean, usually, like, that's kind of part of, and that's kind of the cool part about it, too. Like, if you're a solo shooter, if you're a freelance kind of cinematographer, you get hired to do the job, and then they will pay for your travel, and they pay for your lodging, and sometimes they'll pay for your meals. It's, uh, that is a nice perk. And when you're setting up a project as a to as a travel shoot, you can build in all that. You can build in like here's your budget. Like this is we're gonna need this much for a plane ticket, this much for a hotel, this much for food, this much for cash per diem, this much for a rental car. And then you go and show up and you do the work. So you're gonna do two things. You're gonna travel basically on someone else's dime, and you're getting to do what you love, which is make movies. And that's why you're watching this channel. I know you are. I'm gonna give you a demo how to pack this thing up, because you know. Some trips can last. I've been on 18-day trips. I've been on 15-day trips, two-week trips. Uh, I've never been on a three-month trip, but that definitely is a thing where if you're shooting like a feature-length film and you're like, especially in a remote location, you're gonna be gone for a while. So this is a short trip. So it's like clothes on your back, couple outfit changes, you know, change of socks because if you're a cinematographer or camera operator, you're gonna be on your feet and you don't want some fresh socks. Gross? Much? So this is personal packing. Now there's a whole different step of packing for production and that is, you know, Pelican cases and hard plastic cases and tripod cases and padded on the inside and making sure 
all your lithium batteries are here so you like that's a whole separate process i'm just talking about personally traveling for say if you have like a vlog camera like this one here so let me quickly run through packing for this backpack here this is the peak design travel line backpack 45 liters you don't need to know all that b camera rolling got my little fuji as the sort of b camera use your wi-fi apps to control your camera it's pretty cool do a little modeling here oh little boy little boy you're gonna ruin the shot this is nash this is my little son this is my little boy he cannot travel with me but he loves neck scratches so where were we all right so this is my daily carry travel line it's a little bit big for travel but the cool part about it is they like collapse all these things and they make like you can like Bro, this is like the most complex, complicated, feature-rich backpack I've ever used. And it's made for cameras, it's made for traveling, it's made for wherever you want. Shout out to Peak Design, call me. So Peak Design backpack, it's pretty versatile. This is my everyday carry. Uh, so I've got built side access, so they have this little camera cube. My GH5 will go in here, my Fuji is right here. And the cool part about the side access is, you know, you got it on your back, you take it off, you open it up, boom, you can grab video camera, boom, you can grab photo camera, and then zip it back up. It's got little side pockets, which I will put the Gorillapod in. Let's look at the insides real quick. All right, here we go. Boom. I'll put some like packing b-roll of this thing. So these are packing cubes. This is like a double-sided expandable uh, little packing cube. So I've got, you know, socks, underwear, uh, athletic shorts in here. And then here I've got my shirts and jeans. And the cool part about it is that they start big and you can compress them down. And how Peak Design, I guess I should back up, like how Peak Design made this, they made it into like three sections. So this is like one, two, three. Like this is a small cube. This counts as like one unit. So one unit, two units, three units. You know, you can see one, two, three. This is the packing cube. Uh, this is the small packing cube. So that's like one unit. Um, you can take this and put it horizontally, but I like to keep it vertical because you get that side access and you can shoot. Um, they also make, this is the medium cube. So that's like two units. And that's, you know, you can put even more stuff and still get the, uh, the side access. I'm gonna do a full review of this backpack soon. The clothing and camera, all safely, all snugly, and it's in a backpack. So there's no wheels, there's no luggage carts, there's no, it's just like, it's on your back, it's here, you're ready to go, ready to rock. Traveling as a filmmaker is definitely a skill in itself and clients will feel more calmer safer more like you'll be a more reliable filmmaker if you've got some miles under your belt because if they because if because i made a lot of mistakes as a filmmaker tra first traveling like i took like two two suitcases you really just need one suitcase or like i was taking all these books and like you know i'm gonna try i'm gonna study and read and like you take all this crap you don't need yeah you know you forget a charger you forget your toothbrush you forget something you're gonna forget something like that's part of it it's okay like walmart's down the road okay so we're back that was the end of the youtube video now let's get into some original podcast content for you guys okay so the backpack that i was using is called and i kind of said it in the video but it's the peak design travel line peak design uh they make camera backpacks they make camera bags shoulder straps they make 
all sorts of like camera carrying accessories. You know, they're always. Uh, you, you've probably seen them. You've probably heard of them. Uh, this is the travel line. This was the 45 liter version. Uh, you can you can Google this on your own time. I'll go a little bit more into this about this backpack. This backpack is something that I've been looking for for quite some time. And not this specifically, but just any backpack that were to pop up somewhere in my feed. Or if like I was, the biggest problem I always had was I had to decide between do I want something for luggage and clothes or do I want some kind of bag or suitcase that is for camera gear. And they kind of don't, there's not really that many hybrids out there, if any hybrids. You end up finding yourself putting your jeans and your shirts inside your camera bag and somehow also fitting your camera bag in there or your camera gear in there as well. Um, or the flip side, you have a suitcase and you're putting luggage in it and you're finding some way to like carefully pack your camera in there safely, uh, but also so that it's easily accessible in case you need it. As a traveler, I like to travel with as little as possible uh, just because I don't want to be tied down, I don't want to be lugging around everything. I just want to have something that can go on my back, or you know, the, a simple backpack that is super mobile, and I can go anywhere. I can jump in a car and just travel somewhere, not have to worry about getting luggage carts and all this stuff. I just need something. I just need a simple solution. So I finally found this backpack. It's got camera accessories. It's got nice camera padding components but it also has some great uh, components for your clothing and for your you know the things you need besides camera gear I kind of talked about it in the main part of the episode but they have this sort of system of three where you can fit three units or the total of three units inside the backpack so a large counts as three units a medium counts as two units and a single counts as one unit so you can put three singles a double and a single or just uh, one three-unit large thing. I usually travel with the medium camera cube or the small camera cube, and then I put my clothes in two separate small packing cubes. Having two, you're able to kind of separate everything. If you had like the medium-sized packing cube, you might get all your clothes mixed up, or you, when you're having to repack everything, you know, you, you need your shirts, but you also need your pants, and you're trying to like make sure you know, it doesn't all get mixed up or like your dirty clothes or getting mixed in with your clean clothes. So I just got, I said, I'm just going to get two separate cubes. So I got a small, two small cubes. One is for like say shirts and pants and the other is for, I call it like the soft goods, you know, socks, underwear, athletic shorts, pajamas, if that's how you roll. And the cool part about the cubes is they have this like flip side double zipper where you can put your dirty clothes on the flip side of the bag and that way it never touches your clean clothes and it's been great so like the backpack for me i use it as my everyday carry you know i see a cool shot i want to make a video real quick i just flip the backpack on its side and i can pull my camera out and take the shot so that so that's the backpack just to kind of like kind of describe that in your mind because i know you're just listening to this i was trying to be as brief as possible in the video but i wanted to go a little bit deeper into the realities of traveling as a filmmaker. There's a lot of positive parts to it. Yes, you're traveling on the client's dime, usually if you if you made the right deal. And there's certain ways to bill that to your client. You can either like build it into your budget where you say like here's the production fees, here's the edit fees, and then you have like a third or fourth line item that says travel fees or travel expenses and you what you're doing is sort of estimating how much it's going to cost 
and then you're saying, and then you're telling the client, like, you need that money up front, or you're going to, you know, you invoice them for that. Uh, another way to do it is to keep track of your own expenses and then just bill the client your exact travel costs. Either way you do it, I would try, I would probably go with the first one. The latter one requires you to spend your own money and in hopes that the client will pay you back. So you might run into, if they try to like nickel and dime you, they might try to like, oh, well, you know, what was this lunch on Thursday? What is that? You know, they might try to like get really ticky tacky with the whole the sort of like they're looking at your receipts or like you forgot to track your receipts or there's no way to like if you're traveling for your own business and you're traveling with your you know if you're keeping track of your own expenses you should be keeping your receipts you should be using your credit card cash is fine but accounting wise you may lose track of it you may lose how you may lose track of like how much you spend or if you need to get reimbursed by the client um using cash you're not exactly unless you have the receipt uh, there's no real way for them to know exactly how much money they should give you back. Just to make this whole thing easier, just bill them for, just bill them up front or make an estimate for how much travel is going to cost. So if you're buying a $500 plane ticket and you're spending three nights at a place at $200 a night, so $600, so you just say, you know, and then you, and then calculate for food. Let's say food is $50 a day. You're staying there for three days, so... So 150 plus 600 in hotels plus 500 in flights. So what is that? So 150 plus 1100 is 1250. So you say like 1250 plus tax. Let's call it 1350 or something like that. I'm just again, this is just me doing math. So then you would say, all right, I'm going to just build this into my budget or build this into whatever proposal you're sending them. That travel is going to cost 1250. Or thirteen fifty, or however much you want to cushion you want to give them, and then you just do your damn best to try to stay within that budget and not overspend elsewhere. You know, and if you come out on on the end of the project where you have saved a little bit of money, you know, you spent twelve hundred instead of thirteen fifty, then hey, you made one hundred fifty bucks. Cool. Another sort of hybrid method when booking travel with a client is to have them book the travel for you. Uh, sometimes it's their event or like they have some sort of discount or they are already sending their uh, executives or marketing team out there or they're, whatever, they're sending their team out to the hotel um, and they get sort of a discount code or they get some kind of group code promotional thing. Um, sometimes they'll just say like, all right, I'll just send you my information and you guys just book the flight for me. That's totally fine too. If they just say, hey, we booked you a flight, it's going to be here, it's going to be this day, we booked the hotel for you, uh, that might be easier on their part too because that can, you know, they're able to, you know, they're not, they're not playing the game of like, oh, is he going to charge us for first class flights or is he going to charge us for room service? Um, is he just trying to make money off us for travel? Like he's just trying to make it, you know, slip in his profit somewhere. Uh, if they book it for you, then it's easier for you. They just send you an email confirmation. You just get the ticket and go. Uh, and it's easier for them because they know exactly what they've spent and they've done all the research and they know that, you know, they've, they said, okay, well, we're not going to give them the worst conditions of travel, but, but we can't give them first class. So we'll, we'll give them something reasonable and this is how we're going to do it. Um, so that's how you do it. That's, I mean, that's a third way to, to do it. Um, it's all just communicating with your client. It's like uh, it's asking them what they normally do, what they feel comfortable with, 
telling them what you feel comfortable with when traveling, uh, you know, when booking travel. Some extra tips. Let's talk about some extra tips when you are traveling. So road trips are pretty straightforward. I think everyone's done a road trip, we all know. Uh, and the kind of nice part about road trips is that you don't really have to be super limited about what type of gear you bring and how much luggage you bring uh, because if it can fit in your car, then it might be okay to just bring as a backup. So if you got a big SUV and you're traveling with three people or four people, you're able to fit their suitcases in there. And then, you know, uh, you, you know, cause say like, cause the difference between road trips and, tr and flights, you can't bring, obviously you can't bring grip gear on a flight. You can't really bring sandbags. You can't bring C stands because it just gets too bulky and cumbersome. And it's a lot simpler just to get that, get like grip equipment on location. Uh, probably the cheapest way to travel, you can charge the client mileage, you can charge the client for gas that you burn. Um, and with, if you do have an SUV or something like that, you're able to load up the car uh, and kind of prepare for all situations. So you can bring all your C-stands, you can bring your grip gear, you can bring your extra batteries, you can bring your sandbags, you can bring a third camera if you want to, because you're not really having to limit yourself with okay, we gotta make sure that this fits in the overhead compartment and this meets the weight requirements and that this case is, oh, we can't bring too many batteries and like, you know, oh, we're gonna have to meet up with the rental house when we get to location. You just have your, you're just kind of a mobile production unit and you have all production gear with you. And then like once you get to the hotel, you can just, everybody takes their suitcase out of the car and you're just left with production gear in the car so that when you just drive to location, boom, you're there, you're ready to set up, you get the card out, you roll it to set. I mean, road trips are great. It's like, you know, it's super casual, it's fun, everyone can trade driving. I think it's fun, I think it's great. It's like, you can vlog on the way, you're not really having to worry about being in sort of the public eye, so if you do wanna kinda of goof off and make a vlog or make content, uh, you know, whereas it might be a little strange or difficult to do that at the airport or on a plane itself, then that's great. You can even like make content from the road trip itself. Then let's move on to traveling on a plane uh, with gear. Uh, I've done that several times here now at this current job I have in DC. You have a camera backpack, you have your personal suitcase full of your clothes, and then you check your personal suitcase, and then we also bring all the hard cases, the tripods, uh, any grip gear, light stands, lights, we will bring that all to the airport. And if you have made yourself a photo ID badge, uh, sort of like a media badge, um, most airlines accept media and will give you, I guess it's called a discount, but will give you a limit there's sort of a cap. What they do is you, you show them a media card, your media ID badge, and they will consider you media, so they will consider all your luggage to be just media. You really don't have to worry that much about weight restrictions or size restrictions, you know, whereas with your suitcase or your luggage, you know, you're always worried about, oh, it's 50, it's gotta be under 50 pounds, sir, uh, or we're gonna have to charge this. Whereas you bring, you know, we've brought 68 pound cases full of tripods and grip gear and stands and lights and you just put it on the scale and they just, everything is 50 bucks. No matter how big or how small, everything is capped out at $50. And that's kind of nice, that's, that's the good part. So you can check all, you can check your heavy luggage, you can check your heavy cases. But then when it comes to your camera and your lenses and all the sensitive sound equipment, things like that, uh, you wanna have that 
you want to plan to carry that onto the plane. And that can get dicey. <laughs> that can get dicey. I've, uh, so Pelican cases are probably your go-to camera backpacks. Like, you know, Peak Design would be a great one. Um, they make, there's plenty, you know, just go to B&H and search camera backpacks. Depending on your camera gear, camera size, if it's a cinema camera or if it's just a DSLR mirrorless kind of camera, um, it's all going to depend on your package build out. Uh, Pelican cases are, I would recommend, uh, I think it's called the 1560 or 15, it's like Pelican 15 something, but uh, you can also just search FAA Pelican case and that's just, and it's going to give you the Pelican case that is FAA approved. It's the right size and spec uh, specifications to fit in the overhead compartment. You know, that's what I've done in the past. You put your cinema camera in there, you've got your lithium batteries in there, and your some of your lenses, and you put that in there and uh, just make sure that, depending on the airline, that you can get on the plane as soon as possible so that you do have space in the overhead compartment. This is where it can get dicey because if you are last on the plane, no one wants to pay a luggage fee, so everyone brings a carry-on. So if th th these planes are not built for everyone to have a carry-on and everyone to put it in the overhead compartment. So if you have your Pelican case and it's your camera and it's $50,000 worth of gear, you need to get on the plane as soon as possible. So try to book yourself early boarding, group one, group two, group three, you know, ABC, whatever, you know, however the airline breaks it down. But you want to get on the plane as soon as possible because your camera needs to get into that overhead compartment. Uh, I've had a lot of, uh, I won't say fights, but like I've had a lot of like strong-willed, strong-worded uh, arguments with flight attendants to say, look, ma'am, this is $50,000 in this case. This cannot go underneath the plane. This needs to be safely kept on the plane. You have to keep a cool head about it. You can't panic, but you also don't want to risk putting your camera underneath the plane and have it just bounce around and possibly break. Because if you get a broken camera and you get it back to set, then you know the whole travel is not worth it at all. Or say on the flip side, you're coming home and the media and the camera is still in the case. Uh, you don't want to waste the project. Another regulation with airlines is the whole lithium batteries. So most of most of our cameras, I think, have I think they make the lithium batteries to be within regulations. But uh, sometimes you want to bring the big V-mount batteries. But just I think in general, all the I think most crew flight crews like try to keep keep it on the safe side, whether it is. I think it has to be under 100 watt hours is the rule, uh, but you know even the small ones that are 21, 25, 40 watt hours, uh, they want to make sure that it's on the plane and not bouncing around underneath the plane. They so so I've used that sort of as a trump card where you say like, look, man, like I know like there's not much room in the overhead compartments now, but this case here, and don't say it like a don't be a psycho about it but say like look man there's a lot of lithium I there's a lot of lithium ion batteries in this case uh this can't go underneath the plane this has to go onto the plane so that and so kind of like playing that card they will uh I think they'll be a little bit more reasonable to your dilemma so yeah so that's traveling with cameras uh I mean to avoid all of that entirely and it may not be plausible 
with your production company. Uh, it all depends on the project and the client and your budget. Uh, but you could just fly to the place that you're going, fly to the location, and then just rent everything once you're on location. So if you're in, if you're on, if you're flying to New York City, or if you're flying to Los Angeles, or if you're going to most major cities, most major cities are going to have a fully stocked rental house where you can get a camera, get media cards, get you know lights, stands, tripods, and kind of build out the whole kit. Uh, I'm taking the train on in a couple of days to New York, and I think I think their luggage policies are pretty loose and liberal. So that so those are things to keep in mind with traveling uh, with especially with camera gear because it's like it can be a total hassle it can be it can be a pain in the ass let's just say that uh, if you're not careful and you just have to kind of think through everything and make sure you've packed everything and make sure everything is safe and make sure it's not going to get damaged in transit uh, you just need to kind of th think through everything and that's what's important about like you know you probably should Probably, should, probably the best thing to do in terms of prep is to dedicate an entire day to prep the day before you travel or uh, two days before you travel or whatever. But like dedicate a whole day, because, you know, start in the morning, pack up everything, make sort of a list of everything, that in, a list of each thing in each case, you know where everything is. And, you know, that also gives you the afternoon to troubleshoot and say like, oh, we forgot this thing or we need, you know, oh, we're missing uh, this, or we got to put this in a Ziploc bag, we need to go get some bags, you know, like, there's something that's going to come up, so, like, pack in the day before your shoot, or the day before you travel, I should say, uh, get everything together, figure it all out, prep everything, make a list, be organized, don't forget anything, and then give yourself the afternoon to kind of figure out what exactly you need, or if you, you know, if you forgot something, you, you have that, you have that time, you're not waking up the day of travel, uh, you know, you got to catch the plane at 9 a.m., 8 a.m., and, you know, you can't, there's no time to, like, oh, I forgot something. So, especially when it, especially when this is a paid-for project, the clients pay for you to travel, there is a lot of pressure that I really haven't talked about. There, yeah, like, that's, like, that, yeah, I, I should probably end on that. There's a lot of pressure that goes into this. It's incredibly satisfying, it's rewarding to travel for a shoot, uh, but it's kind of like it's showtime now like this is all, like all the prep has been built up to this moment Where we're gonna travel on this project that we're gonna spend hundreds of dollars to get you here and It's time to deliver and perform and get the shots and get in and get out and then Go home and edit the project or send you know We'll move on to post-production once this travel shoot has been successfully completed Hope that was helpful. Hope that added a little bit more depth to uh, the video. You can also totally go and watch the video to see kind of how I packed up everything, uh, how all the cubes kind of fit together, me putting my cameras in, make sure they all fit. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I'm trying to expand everything out more and more. And by expanding things out more and more, I mean like, you know, make original videos on YouTube, but also make some original videos on Facebook, make some original content here on the podcast. I'm building out jordanpanderson.com. If you want to go to my website, jordanpanderson.com. If you want to stop listening to the podcast now, feel free to. But this is all like personal advertisement, personal things I've been going that have been going on in my life that kind of want to update you guys. jordanpanderson.com. You can watch the latest videos there. You can see 
what I'm currently using in terms of gear, cameras, lenses, lighting. There's also a section uh, where you can download templates from me. I've got a few templates where you can download uh, some resumes or some cinematography tools if you want to check those out. Of course, you can check out my Instagram where I'm always posting uh, some cool photos that I've taken. Of course, here on the podcast, you're subscribed now, whether it's on iTunes or... Uh, and maybe like maybe send me a DM on Instagram at Jordan P Anderson uh, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or if you're listening to this on Overcast or Google Podcast. Uh, like, what is kind of your preferred podcast listening platform? I'm curious about that. Based on how I've set this podcast up through my website, I think I'm on all platforms, but I could be wrong. You could, I could just be only on iTunes, um, which wouldn't be that bad. This is more of me hanging out with you, rambling, and still talking. Guys, thanks again for listening. This means a lot to me. Uh, I know your time is valuable, and I'm trying to give you guys as much information as possible, and I'm trying to give you guys just like as I'm learning these things and as I'm going through these things in my personal life and in my career as a filmmaker and cinematographer, I want to share every moment with you guys to try to because I know somebody out there can relate to something that I've done or like had a, has had a question but was too afraid to ask or or think that they're the only one, they're the only filmmaker, they're the only cinematographer going through this and I kind of want to put it all out there for you guys to understand that no, like this is this is a journey together. We're all filmmakers, we're all cinematographers and creators and I want you guys to embrace that lifestyle and not be afraid to be a little different and not be afraid to, you know, not be afraid to chart your own path.